Go ahead. All right. We're all on YouTube and TV. Good evening. Welcome to the July 6th City Commission meeting, our first meeting back in person. So we're going to have some growing pains, I think, in trying to um, operate the meeting in this hybrid setting. But to go ahead and start and give us some um, background on how we're going to operate the meeting, I'll have Porter O'Neill make a few comments about the operation of the meeting. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. Um, I just want to share some housekeeping items for this now hybrid meeting. Um, this meeting is being broadcast and recorded on the City of Lawrence YouTube channel. The public chat function is disabled and all chats will go directly to me. When you are not participating in the meeting, please mute your microphone. When you are participating in the meeting, please keep your video on. When you are not participating in the meeting, please turn your video off. You will still be able to hear the meeting. You can turn your video back on when you are participating. Turning your video off when you are not participating allows the active meeting participants to be seen on the screen. If you have any trouble, please send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute microphones and or turn off people's video to minimize distractions as necessary. And now I'll return the meeting to Mayor Finkeldy. Thank you, Porter. And we'll go, go ahead and have Sherry Wiedemann, our city clerk, um, give some comments about how we're gonna handle um, public comment in this hybrid setting. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, when public comment is sought on an item, the mayor will first call on those participating in person. Individuals wishing to provide public comment should raise their hand to indicate they wish to speak, and staff present will direct you to the podium to speak. Participants who are required to or choose to wear a mask may remove their mask while making remarks at the podium. Please state your name before speaking and your comments will need to be limited to three minutes. The mayor will then call on those participating virtually. Individuals providing public comment via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. The raise hand function may appear in different places on your Zoom menu, depending on the device you are using and which version of Zoom you have. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute and state your name. And again, comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. Um, a couple other comments I would make just for those who have been watching online. We'll no longer um, need to announce our, ourselves before we speak. Getting some feedback here. Somebody has, audio, somebody has their audio on. It's coming from me, but I can't, I'm muted. Um, okay, first technical difficulty of the night. Can you mute the frame? Got it? Better? Okay. Um, second, we'll no longer have to take roll call votes. Um, and so we'll just, when I take the votes, you'll just be all in favor, all against, and then I'll announce the vote total. So we'll start with approving the agenda. The City Commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Any commissioner like to change the agenda or I look for a motion? Second. So motion by Commissioner Nanda, second by Commissioner Shipley. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes five to zero. Next is the proclamations. And this month, we get to proclaim the month of July 2021 as Parks and Recreation Month. I think Roger Steinbrock will say a few words. 
before we read the presentation? Or maybe it's Derek. I'm not sure who's going to do it. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Mayor Commissioner, I'm Roger Steinbrock, the marketing supervisor for Parks and Recreation. Uh, I just wanted to kind of highlight our department and uh, what it brings to the community in terms of the quality of life. Uh, you know, there's many things that a Parks and Recreation department is to the community, and one of them is adding to the history and fabric of people's lives. Um, if you think back to your own time with Parks and Recreation, it may have been your first t-ball hit, first time you dove into a pool, playing kickballs with colleagues after work. Uh, maybe it's just walking with a loved one in a park, uh, visiting a loved one in a cemetery. There's a number of things that we do on a daily basis that touch our lives and impact us in many ways, and most of it's in the feeling way. Um, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention also that we're celebrating our 75th anniversary as a department uh, within the city of Lawrence. And I, I just want to, on behalf of the Parks and Recreation Department, thank you, the city commission, past and present and in the future, uh, for supporting us and what we do on a daily basis to help provide that quality of life that the citizens of Lawrence have grown to, to expect and want and desire. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. I'll go ahead and read the proclamation. <clears throat> Whereas parks and recreation programs are an integral part of the city of Lawrence, and whereas our parks and recreation are vitally important to establishing and maintaining the quality of life in our communities, ensuring the health of all citizens, and contributing to the economic and environmental well-being of a community and region, and whereas parks and recreation programs build healthy, active communities that aid in preventing chronic disease, provide therapeutic recreation services for those who have special needs, and also improve the mental and emotional health of all citizens. And whereas our parks and natural recreation areas ensure the ec ecological beauty of our community and provide a place for children and adults to connect with nature. And whereas the city of Lawrence recognizes the benefits derived from parks and recreation resources. Now therefore I, Brad Finkeldye, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, do hereby proclaim the month of July as Parks and Recreation Month. And I see uh, both Derek and Mark online as well. I'd like to thank um, all of you for your service. Um, in particular, during COVID, we, I mean, everyone knew the importance of Parks and Rec, but we learned it even more over the last year and a half. And, and that's a great proclamation, but it doesn't really even touch the service, surface of, of what you mean to our community. And, and thank you for all your efforts and extra efforts over this um, last year and in the year to come. So thank you very much. And when we get to the strategic plan later, we'll talk more about you, I'm sure. Okay, we're now moving to the consent agenda. All matters listed on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and will be approved by one motion. There'll be no separate discussion on those items. If discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and will be considered separately. Members of the public wishing to speak to an item that has been pulled off the consent agenda will be limited to three minutes for comments. Would any uh, member of the commission like to pull any items off of the consent agenda? Mayor, I'd like to pull C9A and B. C9A and C9B? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Any others? Would any member of the public like to pull an item off the consent agenda? I'll call first on the people present. 
Raise your hand if you'd like to pull something off the consent agenda. If not, um, I see none here present. If anyone online would like to pull something off the consent agenda, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Sherry will call upon you. Uh, Mayor, it doesn't look like there's any public or uh, anyone who wants to pull an item. Thank you, Sherry. Seeing none, um, I look for a motion on the consent agenda. I'll move to approve the consent agenda accepting items C9A and B. Second. It's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Lawson. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes 5 to 0. We'll now take up C9A first. I'm not sure if they're the same issues, but let's start with C9A. Go ahead, Vice Mayor. Yeah, um, I, I would have the same issue with both of them. In, in light of our regular agenda items, the planning prioritization and, and our um, strategic plan, um, it seems like these might fall into um, certain categories of the planning prioritization. Um, and and I I just I kind of want to say that it seems like we're doing things in a very different way in light of our strategic plan, and you know without putting too fine a point on it, these kind of text amendments do take staff time, and and either one of them might end up being um, swept into uh, some of the things already prioritized. So I don't know maybe if. Um, uh, if Jeff Crick is on, I haven't looked, um, if he could maybe give us, um, uh, you know, what's the minimum amount of time one of these text amendments costs staff? Would we expect them to uh, fall into some of these categories of things we're already um, going to be looking into and prioritizing? Um, I, I guess I, either one of them, I wouldn't put at the top of the list of things I'd like to see planning spending time on. Uh, compared to many of the other things we've talked about in the past and that will be in our regular agenda items. So um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's too pointed a question for Jeff, but. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director, uh, Vice Mayor, I, if I think I followed your question correctly, my audio was a little touch and go there. It was, it was uh, how much staff time it would take for the item to, excuse me, both items to kind of go and process through, was that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, each text amendment's a little bit different. I would hazard, you know, I guess that item uh, C9A would be a little bit of a shorter item than C9B because of the, the complexities of C9B with occupancy standards and those situations would cost, you know, cause us to look a little bit deeper into different code sections than beyond the land development code to understand it. C9A would also probably take at least a few months to kind of work through the, the nuances and the details to it. And I, if I followed uh, the vice mayor's question correctly, I think it was also, would this get rolled up into uh, some other things potentially that are ongoing? Uh, yes, it, it could potentially get rolled up into the land development code revision and update process as part of that. So it would be an amendment that could be underway and initiated and then also then kind of rolled up into that package update potentially later in the future. So it, it could be a little bit of on its own, but it may also occur as part of that update too, depending upon the total scope of that project. 
Um, uh, Jeff, in addition to that, I, I believe at least the one, uh, the mini warehouses, I, it seemed like there was something that happened relatively recently, maybe the end of last year, um, where some mini warehouses um, um, came up and it had already been kind of through a planning process and um, wasn't terribly successful. So I just wondered also, you know, number one, some of that work might have already been done by, by planning, um, but um, maybe a little bit of an answer had been given um, as to the appropriateness of these in certain areas. What, one second. Lisa, I think you're unmuted. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's Lisa. Oh, mine doesn't show you muted. Oh, it does show unmuted. Does not oh, show it doesn't muted. show you. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> just click to join audio. Um. Oh, so maybe you're just not joined, which is why you're not muted. Yeah, click that. Yeah, click the little Second technical difficulty of the night, but this isn't bad. We've, we're getting going here. I think we're getting a little oh, feedback. Yeah, join it and then immediately unjoin it. Join it. Mute it. Oh. Join it. This will give Jeff time to think about his answer while we'll. No. Join it. There you go. Join it. And then. Yeah. Let's see if that stops the feedback. Okay, Jeff. Now okay. go ahead and answer. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Uh, there was a text amendment about two to three years ago that looked at many warehouses and storage facilities, and, and that process kind of wrapped up um, about the beginning of 2019. So it's not been a, it's not been a code section that's been on the books as it has for for a while. It's been a relatively recent uh, text amendment that we have just completed. So this would be an amendment on top of the work that was just completed about uh, about two years ago or so. I guess my follow-up question, Jeff, would be when we initiate a text amendment like this, where does it fall on your priority list? I mean, does it mean it jumps to the top or does it, you know, how do you prioritize it amongst other um, things on your work plan? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. With a, an applicant initiated text amendment, we do prioritize them a little higher because an applicant has submitted an application and does have an expectation that it will complete soon as fast as we can kind of make those motions go through like i mentioned i think the application for uh c9b would be a longer process just because there's a lot more things that are are connected to that and understanding the full nuance of that would take us a little bit longer but when an applicant does submit an amendment we do try to work those as fast as we can so they do kind of move a little bit faster than ones that would be initiated by staff and and the one those kind of similar ones it seems like um, I recall when I was on the planning commission, we saw one or two of these where the recommendation was not to initiate. Um, but more recently, we seem to initiate them, even if it comes back later with a negative recommendation. I mean, is that kind of the practice to go ahead and initiate them? It doesn't mean either staff or the city is going to support it, but you initiate it, look at it, and then um, come back with a recommendation? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, that, that's correct. It, this is just to initiate it to allow staff the time to look at them and research them in depth. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not setting a stance for that one. It doesn't render professional recommendation for it. It just allows us the time to look at it. So maybe we'd look at it 
and staff recommends approval or may recommend denial depending upon the other factors in there. This just begins the process for the amendment that uh, begin. Other questions? I'll go ahead and open it up to public comment maybe first and then we can bring it back for discussion. Uh, if any member of the public would like to speak on this item, if you're here present, raise your hand and let me know and I'll call upon you. I guess Sherry will call upon you. <laughs> Hi, good evening. I'm Michael Allman. And it's good to be back. Good to see you all. Um, this, issue, this item just popped up last Thursday on the agenda, and so the Brook Creek Neighborhood Association hasn't had a chance to discuss it or review it or make any decision, but I could bet you dollars to donuts we would oppose it. Um, I noticed that the Sunset Hills neighborhood is opposing it. Um, but I'll speak for myself tonight. Just I would recommend that you not initiate this text amendment. Um, as a community organizer that tries to protect my own neighborhood from these types of incursions, uh, and as, as someone trying to preserve our local ecology sometimes, um, I just have to say I am really tired of land exploiters who want to do something that's not allowed by our development code and then try to get the code changed to suit their desires. The penultimate example of this was the Watkins Law Firm who five times, five times, took up a lot of staff commission time to change the code and the comprehensive plan to shoehorn a 400,000 square foot K-10 crossing development over 101 acres of Wakarusa wetlands and 100-year floodplain. But by the same token, about every time we seem to turn around. Paul Werner is attempting to change the code to suit his aims. He actually has two such amendments on the agenda tonight, as you know. Uh, but you know, this community has worked long and hard to formulate our code and comprehensive plan to achieve our common goals. Paul Werner should align his plans with the code, not expect us to weaken our code to give him free reign. A text amendment that would grant citywide blanket right to build mini warehouses in all CN2 and RMO zones is just not a good idea. Um, that just, I mean, they could end up in practically any neighborhood on any intersection. I have several in my neighborhood that would qualify RMO and CN2. Um, and it would take up a lot of staff time as you were just discussing for something that, why should we accommodate a developer who keeps trying to change our code like this? So I'd recommend you not initiate it because it's just gonna be a waste of a lot of our time, really. So thank you. Thank you. Good to have you back as well, Michael. And um, seeing no one else in person who'd like to make comment on this item, if any person um, watching online would like to um, make a comment, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Sherry will call upon you. 
Mayor, no one has indicated they have comment on this item. Okay, seeing no other comment, I bring it back up to the commission for comments. Um, I, I, Mayor, I hope it's not in any way construed my, my pulling this or suggestion that is any way objecting to either of the items, only that we are prioritizing things in a very different way and um, and and as Jeff, I believe, uh, agreed, either one of these might be swept into some of what we're already investing in. Um, I hate to see duplication of time on staff's part or um, kind of prioritizing things in the old way when we're very consciously trying to prioritize community um, uh, things that you know might benefit m the most people um, so I, I, I guess I would I myself might might vote against these but not because I have any particular opinion about either one but only knowing that they will be addressed um, in our planning prioritization later I, my recollection anyway was that yourself myself and commissioner larson were particularly interested in in um, investing rather a lot of money not just in staff but perhaps even in a study um, going back and looking at our um, codes and and seeing where a lot more ease can be gotten uh, for developers or more flexibility for residential or even commercial so um, I, I, I don't know if anyone else will join me but um, again only uh, in that we are trying to be far more conscious about what we prioritize and how we prioritize it other thoughts is it possible to um, in approving this have that correlate with the timeline for those other amendments so it's not necessarily not approving it but allowing it to be part of that broader process um i don't know uh, jeff or craig could we direct staff to roll it in with particular items frankly i just agree with commissioner shipley i mean i think we should not approve this tonight and let the planning uh Priorities be set as as you know described. So. Jeff, again, I guess following up on my question, um, if if we again trying to f talk this through, I mean, if we approve these, well, okay. First of all, if we did not approve these, um, uh, there's nothing in our code that wouldn't let them bring it up at a, a later time or at the time you direct. Correct. I mean, at, at a time you could work it in. I mean, I know like with our rezoning application or something, if, if a zoning application fails, you have to wait a year. There's nothing like that in the code, is there, on a text amendment? And I guess the corollary question would be, if we initiated this, is there anything that prevents you from putting it on the list when you see fit and not necessarily, I mean, and that might be a couple months from now, it might be... Um, a couple of weeks from now, I mean, how do you prioritize that? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Mayor, you are correct. There's nothing in the code that requires it to, to sit out for 12 months if it is denied by the city commission. So it doesn't have that same item. And if the item is initiated and the commission gives us the direction to 
you know, work them at a certain pace or, or to work them at a, at a certain thing in mind, we will happily follow that that guidance to that end there. So if it is to kind of, you know, have them initiate and then packaged up as part of uh, the revision process, if it is if it is commenced or kind of work it as we can make it available without um, jeopardizing the other priorities that we have available, we can definitely make those accommodations. Yeah, I, I um, actually would agree with Commissioner Shipley on this. Um, we put a lot of pressure on planning staff this um, past few months to come up with a strong prioritization list, as well as we've added staff in order to address some of the neighborhood issues regarding planning and, and all of our plan 2040 issues that need to be straightened out yet. There's a lot of work that staff is doing. And I don't think that I would want to put anything in place that would potentially disrupt that prioritization that that staff have come up with on it. So I would be in agreement with that. I guess I would probably lean towards, um, you know, letting it initiate it, but letting the staff walk it in as they saw fit. But looks like three people have spoken. So is there an appeal process? that they could go through if we don't approve the text amendment process is there an appeal process if we don't approve um, the initiation of the text amendment my understanding is this is this is a final decision for you unless okay. they would reapply looks like randy was raising his hand is i assume that's Yes, this is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. There is no appeal process for, for this situation. It's a legislative item regarding changing the code. If you choose to initiate it, it just has to relate to whether or not you want to change the law or consider changing the law. If you deny it, that just means you've decided you don't want to change what the city code is. So there is no uh, appeal process related to uh, text amendment. Thank you. I. Um, Mr. I guess I don't need to say my name. <laughs> um, I would ask Jeff a, a question: Is um, how, since this came up on the consent agenda, how would you envision this fitting in with your prioritization plan? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. We would try to prioritize it, you know, kind of meet those applications. Excuse me, meet the applicants' needs. But it, like I said, this as we start to look into these. They may take us a lot longer, but it would be something we would actively keep working on as as part of an application that was submitted to us for from a member of the public. So do I understand that that would potentially take away from other projects that you got on your list to, in order to address this? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services, yes, we would, we would move this one up to kind of take some of that to be a quicker focus on the item. Um, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Mayor, since it's two different items also, I want to be sure we, whatever we're doing or not, do, I mean, again, I don't want it to be in any way construed as a denial, um, only an understanding that we expect these to be talked about in context of a much larger discussion. Uh, um, could we table them? Could we, how, how do we vote or not vote on this is my question. Maybe that's better for Sherry. Well, I guess if there's, we, I mean, tabling it would be one option, deferring it, um, but nothing prevents them, you know, from bringing it back at another time anyway, even if we deny it. So, 
I'm not sure it makes a big difference. Unless Jeff or Craig has another thought. I don't think that makes a difference. Randy, do you have a thought? This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. Uh, actually, if you don't initiate it, whether you table or to defer, it's the same result is going to be made. So that, that's totally at your discretion, but it doesn't really make any difference from a practical standpoint, whether you defer or table or just don't initiate it. Mayor, can I just get clarity for Randy? So Randy, if they just, they, they just wouldn't take action on it. They wouldn't need to deny it. They just wouldn't take action, correct? Right, they just, yeah. they just would not initiate this, the proposed text amendment. Sherry, do we need to vote to not take action? No. Okay. Well, that's a little awkward. Let's see, yeah. we, don't, we don't vote to. Um, Mayor, I, I guess I'd make a motion that we not initiate the text amendment. I think that's cleaner. Nine, C9A and C9B. Is there a second? Uh, if I may just to clarify, again, as if I can, just to be sure that, that it's not an understanding on staff's part that we are disinterested in it, only that it be prioritized with other things. We'll need to take a separate vote because you do, I don't think it was clear that we were taking public comment on both items. Okay. Okay. So we need to open up the second one for public comment before we vote on that. So let's mm -hmm. just. So I would amend the motion to C9A only. So the motion is um, to deny initiating a text amendment. Is there a second? Second. There's a. A motion by Commissioner Bully, a second by Vice Mayor Shipley. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. All those opposed, nay. Passes four to one. We'll now take up C9B. Um, for those who, who couldn't hear what Sherry was saying, um, Sherry Reedman wanted to be clear that we had taken up both C9A and C9B. So we'll go ahead. Um, Vice Mayor, I assume you have no other questions on C9B, but we'll go ahead and open C9B up for public comment. If anyone present would like to speak on C9B, raise your hand. C9, oh, Chris. Hi, this is Chris Flowers. Um, I didn't get a chance to really go through all this, but I, I think we should be kind of increasing occupancy limits if that's what isn't that what plan 2040 is increasing density and wouldn't increasing occupancy limits increase density i that's just something that comes to my mind thank you see no other member of the public present who'd like to make a comment if anyone on zoom would like to make a comment please raise your hand using the raise your hand function and sherry will call upon you There's no public comment on this item. Thank you. Bring it back up to the commission. Motion. I move that we not initiate a text amendment as uh, shown in C9B. Second. Motion by Commissioner Bully, a second by Vice Mayor Shipley. Um, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. Passes four to one. Okay, that brings us uh, to public comment. 
The public is allowed to speak on items or issues that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. As a general practice, the Commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the Commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Individuals should address all comments and questions to the Commission. Each person will be limited to three minutes. If any member of the public who is present would like to make a general public comment about something not on the agenda, please raise your hand and Sherry will call upon you. Sir, if you want to go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go right ahead to the podium. I flipped those. Oh, I'll take your time. My, my name is Alfredo Parra. Uh, I have, first of all, I want to say that, that before I read this, is, is that I, I feel strongly that the process is more important than the outcome. I also believe that an insult to one is an insult to all. My name is Alfredo Parra. I work with more than, more than 50 years as an organizer and advocate on behalf of marginalized communities from undocumented immigrants to being the sponsor of the Chicano Latino Culture Class at Leverwood Federal Penitentiary, to working on behalf of my neighborhood with being plagued by gentrification. I give, you few, uh, I give you these few examples of my activism merely because I've been demonized and my credibility has been dragged through the mud by Sanctuary Alliance Lawrence and their cronies. Because my credibility has been called into question, I'll gladly present my resume if necessary. I'm gonna jump to another page. Um, I, I made an objection to the Lawrence Times of their uh, uh, appointing Marial Ferrero uh, onto their community advisory board. Marial Ferrero has, was so abusive to me in person and in emails that I reported her to an elder abuse hotline uh, about a year and a half ago. I also reported King K. Dante, another a Sanctuary Alliance member, to the hotline about a week ago. On the advice of the elder abuse hotline, I reported both of them to the police. I want the commission to know I never felt the need to report anybody to such a hotline in my life until meeting these people in Lawrence. I also attended, I, I, I also intend to file a complaint with the Human Relations Department and also the state. I sent the commission a copy of the message, of the message Kincaid sent me. One of the things that he said, and I quote, that I was a sick, narcissistic piece of shit that happened to get old. Online, he said, I was trashy, a person uh, working with a trashy uh, newspaper. And he went to the trouble of posting a link to an article that I wrote, which was published by the Lawrence Journal World. The title of the article was OK Boomer. Kincaid is a big advocate of the Lawrence Times and was livid that I objected to the appointment of Maria Ferrero to the Lawrence Times Community Advisory Board and spoke out uh, against uh, their undemocratic treatment of me. Citizens of Lawrence deserve to know the truth that both of these yeah. groups. Time? 
Yes, time. Thank, Thank you. you. Good evening. Okay. Uh, I'm Peter Harkis. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, continue reading the commentary that that Alfredo uh, started. Um, we heard from city employee uh, Porter Arneal, um that I'm, I'm blanking out his title, uh, but that uh, this might not be an issue that the city can weigh in on. Uh, it, it's like. Um, Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Just read but also, it's it's a public access to the Lawrence Times. I don't know. Uh, you you uh, you'll figure. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, Alfredo has been attacked online by kind of high-profile people, and I just wanted to use this, uh, this venue, if you can't address it as a city code violation, uh, just to kind of um, inform the public that these cyber attacks and even in person uh, really are hateful. Um, Alfredo has posted uh, about the need for our community, LGBTQ+, plus, uh, to discuss ageism and racism, but that's just ignored, and he's demonized by um, these people uh, from Sanctuary Alliance um, and the Lawrence Times, one and the same, uh, and, and also another uh, uh, administrator of an online group uh, who told me that uh, my sacrifices didn't matter. This was very sarcastic. Um, and um, pronouns and gender identity were a lot important, more important than anything I had to say. One of my sacrifices yeah, yeah. Uh, we are one community. We shouldn't let anyone divide us. When the online group had a meltdown, people yeah. said they didn't feel safe. Okay. Yes. Well. Thank you. And we have the thank you. handout. Thank you. Okay. Chris Flowers, did you provide comment? 
Hi, this is Chris Flowers. Um, I sent in a, a public comment. I was just touching up on that. Um, basically, I want um, in June, uh, I guess it, the mayor at the time who was uh, Jim Fernanda um, asked the Human Relations Commission to review ordinances that disproportionately affect marginalized communities. And Basically, in December, when the HRC was set to look at it, the city staff told them that the HRC was not tasked with looking at uh, city ordinances. That So I was just coming here to ask that you all task the HR, like let the HRC look at city codes and ordinances that do uh, disproportionately affect marginalized communities. Um, one of the ordinances I'm trying to get passed is to ban or get a, do away with our topless bans because besides being sexist, um, it's 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 trans unfriendly and that some like a police officer would have to make an assumption about if that person's a a woman or a guy and what if someone identifies as as they are they allowed to go topless so i would i just want to be able to go to the hrc and have the hrc look at the at least be able to discuss this the code and i i just think the prosecutors are going to be saying that it's not the hrc's job because i think the prosecutors i don't think they want to lose the ban um so i just need or y'all could just look at the topless ban for yourselves because i believe manhattan kansas they've done away with their topless ban because it's sexist and do you really want manhattan to out progressive us you know it's just kind of crazy that we're the ones being left backwards while manhattan moves forward so i i'm just asking that though that you because I know the HRC has another meeting Monday. I've already told them because they, they put it off to let, because they're gonna have CityGate look at the ordinances, but CityGate, I didn't see anything in there about ordinances. So I'm gonna be going back to the HRC to ask them, you know, to look at the topless ban, but if you guys could like actually task HRC, it'll make my job easier. Thank you. Was there anyone else that I missed that wanted to provide general public comment? Yeah, just in person. Seeing no one else in person, if anyone online would like to make general public comment, please raise your hand using your raise your hand feature. Um, we'll indicate as such, and Shay will call upon you. Chad Osdale. Just muted. Chad, you can go ahead. You're still muted, Chad. Oh, that that's better. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I was here to uh, say, ask the same question I've asked many times before. Uh, the is the two method of scoring uh, the two method of evaluating and scoring performance appraisals uh, 
please have the city explain in writing what it is? Uh, because the City of Lawrence Performance Appraisal Handbook says absolutely nothing about a two method of scoring. Uh, it only gives one appraisal method of scoring. Uh, it doesn't say anything about how individual uh, departments are scored. Uh, and I was curious, uh, why don't we even deserve to be told why our department is evaluated differently than other departments and just be told, you know, how we are evaluated and why it's done differently for every damn department. I'm sorry. Uh, but I've asked this question before. It's not the way it's written in your handbook. But at the very bottom it says uh, citywide or department-wide. Uh, that had been changed this year. After me complaining for a while, I assume that's why. But we've still never been told why we're evaluated differently and what the two method is that my department is evaluated using. What is a two method? There's nothing written anywhere in city policy about a two method of scoring the appraisal process. And I cannot get the city to answer. It's not the way it's written, but that's just the way we do things. Now, please answer somewhere, sometime. Thank you very much, and have a good evening. That's all the comment, Mayor. Okay, um, we'll now move on to regular agenda item number one which is to receive and provide guidance on the 2022-2024 planning work plan. I'm assuming Jeff gets to lead us off here. Good evening, Jeff Crank, Planning and Development Services. Uh, the commissioners may remember this from, from years gone by, but this is the 2022-2024 work plan. Um, and we kind of restructured it a little bit from what you've seen in previous years to accommodate for a couple of changes that we've seen both in the, in the programming of the items, but also in the capacity of the department that has recently changed. So the, this work plan really reflects an improved ability to continue meeting those expectations for the current planning projects so the site plans, the rezonings, those, those items that you tend to see from the planning commission, and also some of those administrative items that just occur as part of, as part of the development process as whole. But it also lets us really have a good focus on the long range efforts. So the sector plans, the corridor and the neighborhood planning efforts that we've been trying to get to for many years that we've seen on the on the work plan many times over. So you'll, you'll notice that we've included a chart this year that indicates both the current projects that are underway and some of the details related to them, but also a good three year steps to kind of show the work that we're really we think is ambitious, but we're all very optimistic that we can meet those marks as we get moving forward on those. So two things to kind of highlight, it does kind of have some of this items where we kind of try to build on year to year. So um, kind of include the things early on that allow us to reach those things later in 23 and 24. So it kind of builds on the work as it goes forward, but it also lets us look at long range planning efforts. So you'll see uh, we structured it to kind of be a county focused plan and a city focused plan every year for the next three years. So you'll see that there's, you know, one will be kind of more of a county focus, such as the West K-10 plan, and then we look at a, a neighborhood plan in the next year in uh, East Lawrence or Indian Hills or uh, the other ones that are listed. Um, so that's kind of the way that we've prioritized the workload kind of going forward on that. So we do think that, like I said earlier, we think it's 
it's ambitious. We're very optimistic that with the staff we have have, have and staff coming on board, that we'll be able to meet those marks and, and do some good work. So it really lets us focus more on the, on the planning and the long-term efforts instead of the day-to-day -day zoning sometimes that we tend to do. Um, so we're bringing this to kind of, you know, receive guidance and, and kind of recommendations on those kind of items. We'll re, kind of retool it. Um, and you'll, again, see this as we kind of go forward from year to year as we progress and provide more information and see how we're, we're meeting those marks. Um, and I know it's a, a very quick and high-level overview, so I'd be happy to stand for any questions that you have this evening. Any commissioners have questions for Jeff? Jeff, um, I guess I'll start. The Planning Commission and County Commission have seen this plan? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, correct. They both have seen this plan. Uh, I believe Planning Commission was in April and the County Commission was uh, about mid-June. The date has slipped my mind, I'm so sorry. <laughs> did, did either of them make, I mean, is this like we amended from the original plan or is it, have they um, both agreed with the plan that we're seeing here? Just create planning developments. There is, it is not amended. It was it, this was the draft that they've all seen, and everybody has agreed. So there wasn't any substantial amendments to it. There was some, some guidance from the county commission on some items related to if there is an adjustment and and those things. But um, in all, they've they've the first plan we laid out in April has been seen by the other two and and, and forwarded on. Okay, other questions for Jeff? Jeff, I had a, qu a question for you. So we, we're looking at this through 2024. Does, do the projects that are listed in, in all these years, do they pretty much cover the plan 2040 needs as far as the tasks and the work that needs to be done? Uh, Commissioner Larson, if I may, I'm not sure I caught the tail end of the question. Was it, did it cover all of the works, in, or excuse me, yeah. all the items in 2040? Yeah, Plan 40, 2040 um, you know, has a list of tasks that are needed as far as um, um, plans, uh, sector plans and all that. Does this cover all the tasks that have been detailed in Plan 2040? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Service. It does not cover all those action items that were listed in Plan 2040. So as the years keep going on through the 20 years of that plan, we will keep kind of going back to those action items to move them on. Um, there is a bit of a sequence in Plan 2040, and certain ones have to occur to allow the others to kind of have the best chance of developing forward. So we've kind of we've prioritized the work plan to reflect that, but it'll uh, this will this three-year work plan will not cover all the items that, that are listed as in the implementation section. So, do you have any idea how long it will take to go through all that task list in Plan 2040? Um, Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, I don't. Uh, it can just depend on where the commissions see the, the priority and the raising need, and there may be some things out there that we didn't anticipate during Plan 2040 that may need to be reprioritized. Theoretically, the hope was that all the action items we programmed into the comprehensive plan would wrap up in the 20-year time frame of the plan. Okay, thank you. Seeing no other questions at the moment, I will go ahead and open this up to public comment. If a member of the public who's present would like to make a comment on this item, please raise your hand and Sherry will call upon you if you're present. Doesn't look like anyone present would like, oh, there is someone present. Michael?
Hi, Michael Allman again. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I've uh, mentioned previous times when uh, speaking for the Sustainability Action Network, which um, tonight I, I guess I can say I am. It's not like this is a, a formal uh, consultation from them, but we've taken a position before that um, the item here uh, uh, for 2023, the Climate Change Adaptation and Mitigation Plan, uh, listed, no, 2022, excuse me, that various times I've requested and urged the Commission, Planning Commission, the City Commission, to prioritize that particular study, uh, move it up to the top of the list. Um, some of the adjustments that have been made to this plan over the last few months are good as far as the other kind of concerns that I have, but tonight I'm focused on the climate. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how much everybody in the audience or the commission are paying much attention, but practically every day or every week, there's a new climate emergency that's made, that's made public. Um, I mean, even if you consider the Champlain Tower South collapse is a climate tragedy. And the way that is, for example, the salt water that has since 1990 in the ocean rise has risen 5.9 inches. That salt water is saturating the ground underneath these condos at the ocean front. And that's what's corroding the concrete and the rebar. And that's been established. If you look in the news, you can see that they're attributing it to that, if not other things as well. That's just one example. Um, the permafrost in eastern Siberia is melting. Not only is it melting, last week it reached the soil of the permafrost, reached 118 degrees. That's not the air temperature, that's the soil. Uh, we know what's going on in the western United States, the Pacific Northwest, British Columbia, 50, uh, 50 plus file, uh, wildfire, wildfires in British Columbia right now. 500 people died from the heat dome last week. Um, just one thing after another, it's, it's accumulating, it's growing, it's gaining momentum. We can't deny it anymore. I mean, this, this community hasn't denied it, but I think we need to recognize that the time to really push and move on this and try to um, restabilize the climate has to take top priority. I mean, yeah. my neighborhood needs attention, uh, transit needs attention, all this does, but everything is dependent on the climate. So I would suggest that this be moved up to the top of the list in 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else present like to make comments on this item? Seeing none, if any person on Zoom would like to make comments on this item, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature. We'll let Sherry know and she'll call upon you. Mayor, there's no public comment on this item. Okay, seeing no public comment, we'll bring the item back to the commission for comments or motions. 
Comments? Um, Mayor, I was a, I, a little surprised to see floodplain regulations were kind of only medium priority um, since we speak rather a lot about stormwater and development. Um, but I, I may be looking at it um, maybe through too broad, broad a lens and maybe other commissioners like Larson would have a clearer insight into... Um, uh, whether one thing needs to happen before the other, and that's kind of how it it came to be. Well, I wouldn't. I would note that that's the priority given to it by the planning commission. Right. Right. So they obviously are looking at sometimes looking more planning items than mm -hmm. than stormwater, which we might look at more. But maybe that's a question for Jeff. I mean, I guess so. I looked at this and I thought, well, we need to get the stream buff ordinance done first, mm -hmm. and then that leads into this to the stormwater and then the floodplain regulations, but Jeff, any comment on that? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. Mayor, you're correct. Those, those are kind of the, those first building blocks that let us work on the floodplain regulations are the stream buffers and the land disturbance. That kind of helps us set that foundation for improvements that we can do in the floodplain ordinances and regulations. So we kind of had a very similar thought about, you know, kind of getting those foundational blocks in place to allow us to do those larger scale changes as we go through the, the more broad code project. I will say that I'm, as, as I remember back to some of our previous plans, we might typically only get one or two things each year. <laughs> so to see what, what, what you're proposing to uh, cover in a year and, and the plans we're um, planning to um, work on. I, I certainly appreciate that, and I think some of the additions we made, I assume, make that possible. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. That's correct. That does allow us to have that capacity to really go into those, some of those longer range, bigger, broader items that we normally wouldn't get into. So that that's why you see that work plan change from a couple of items to really going up. And, and like I mentioned, we're we're optimistic. It is ambitious, but we're very optimistic we can meet the marks that we're putting out here. We have confidence in you, Jeff. Other comments? So it seems to me that this year, 2021, we're kind of wrapping up a lot of different projects that have been in the works for a few years. That's what I'm seeing, Jeff. Is that correct? Jeff Craig, planning and development That's correct. Okay. So the idea that, um, you know, I would love to see the climate plan moved up as well as the floodplain, but I think there is an order that needs to be followed to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row so we can get the appropriate plans done, um, given the information we get from getting earlier plans done. I do think that from a climate change standpoint, we have put in some safeguards and some goals that are helping us to move forward with um, taking care of our community, and which is what we can do. That's the best thing we can do. And so I'm I'm not as worried about you know having the floodplain down a little bit further down the list because I do think that you've got a good order going here, and that we've got some safeguards in place. Yeah, I was quite pleased um, to see what we are working on in our wrapping up and then the prioritization of the climate change plan as well as, um, you know, the neighborhood plan is in there. And that's something that we've been talking about a lot. So that that really is top priority is 2022 um, because there are so many that we are wrapping up this year.
Sherry, do we need a motion on this? Whenever I see receive, I'm not sure we need a motion or not. Uh, no, Jeff, I'm assuming you don't need a motion unless there's some direction that they're wanting to change anything on this plan, correct? Correct. Okay. Which I didn't hear any consensus on making any changes. Well, then we don't need a motion. Is any anyone make any other comments or make any direction? I appreciate the work and look forward to the product. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. We look forward to seeing these plans come back to us. I guess I would, would like to say one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. That is, is, as this plan kind of develops and matures, I would appreciate um, planning staff coming back to us if they start to run into problems with getting things done in a timely manner based on their prioritization. I guess I kind of see this like the CIP, that it's a long-range plan, but every year we look at it to see why it's good if it doesn't change a little bit each year so but good to have a plan um, to look ahead and we'll look at it again every year okay anything further on that one seeing none go ahead and move to an update on the strategic plan Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, I'm gonna share my screen quick, but I'm really excited uh, to be with you all this evening to give an update on our strategic plan. So let me share my screen. And we will go ahead and jump into it. Um, so this evening, um, we're going to go through um, a bit of an overview, kind of how we have gotten here today, um, talk about the framework that you all um, have already seen and adopted, uh, as well as uh, provide a bit of an update on the progress indicators, strategies, and next steps related to our strategic plan. So to highlight a little bit on kind of the development and implementation process that we've gone through um, to date um, is really uh, started with public engagement. Um, so we'll get into some of the details. I know you've heard us say this a number of times, but uh, we really had a, a, an extensive public engagement um, effort on the front end of the strategic planning process to really hear from um, our community uh, to get input from them on the front end of this process as we uh, really went through the development um, and, and ultimately the implementation of our strategic plan. Used that um, to develop a framework and ultimately identify progress indicators, which you all have seen um, to date. Um, and the new um, item uh, before you this evening is really the um, outline of the various strategies. So these will be uh, the things that help us move towards achieving those progress indicators that we have identified. Um, next steps that we haven't done yet, but uh, will be part of our regular um, updates to you all is uh, ultimately to define the targets of those different progress indicators, figure out where exactly we want to be um, uh, related to each of those. And then ultimately, um, it's to incorporate all of this into our budgeting and decision-making. Um, as you all know, we're gonna be in front of you um, next week talking about our 2022 budget. Um, and so we really wanted to make sure this was in front of you before, um, before that discussion really um, gets underway um, a little bit further. And I think it's really important to note that as we've kind of gone through this process um, over the last year and a half or so, 
um, that thousands of hours of discussion have kind of led us to this point. Um, you know, a lot of that happened in the public engagement, but also on the staff side um, to really get uh, this to where it is today. However, with that being said, this is not going to be perfect. Um, it's really important that we continually have those feedback loops, um, hear from you all, hear from the community, um, and refine this as we need to moving forward. And, and the budget is a really great opportunity to do that. Um, so you've seen this slide a number of times, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I think it is really important to remember um, how much uh, community input we received as, as part of this process through a number of different avenues um, as we were going through this development process. Um, so again, I just wanted to kind of um, walk through the framework um, uh, with you all here this evening. Um, it looks a little bit different. We obviously have this all uh, put together um, in one report so that we have one kind of centralized place we can go to refer back to all of these things. Um, but the content um, for this framework is not new. It just um, looks a little bit different um, than it has before. So still includes the mission, vision, and values, the five outcome areas that we have been talking about, along with the six commitments. Um, that really articulate um, how, how we do what we do. So I'm gonna walk through um, the document just to kind of get everyone oriented within the document. I am by no means gonna go through all of our progress indicators this evening or all of the strategies. Uh, you all have that um, in this document. So I really just kind of wanna make sure that everyone is kind of comfortable using this. Um, so within um, the document, we kind of have these different sections for each of our outcome areas. Um, we have a nice kind of cover page, and, and right next to that, we have the progress indicators. So these should look very familiar. We have referred to this previously as our scorecard, um, and you can see with each of those, we have um, kind of a score, if you will, to denote um, the different indicators that we have. Where this gets to be helpful um, is on the following pages where we start to articulate and identify uh, the various strategies uh, we have related to each outcome area. So for unmistakable identity, we have 12 strategies. Uh, we still um, have uh, kind of organized this under uh, the lens of the different commitment areas. And you can see related to each strategy, um, we've denoted which progress indicators uh, that strategy is going to help us move the needle on. Uh, so some of these are going to really be critical for one uh, progress indicator, whereas others um, you're going to see are going to help us move the needle on multiple progress indicators. I should also note that uh, throughout this, we also have some fun facts included as well. Um, so you will see that uh, too. Um, the next area is strong welcoming neighborhoods. Um, these progress indicators um, have not changed. The only um, kind of difference in what you are seeing uh, here tonight versus what we sh shared with you um, a couple months ago is that we have moved um, the progress indicator of cost per capita of solid waste collected from our connected cities outcome into our strong welcoming neighborhoods outcome. Uh, we thought this was a better fit because this is where we're really capturing um, the employee engagement index for solid waste employees. Um, and so we didn't want to just move one solid waste indicator over without moving the other. So 
Um, the indicator itself hasn't changed. It's just found uh, a new home under strong welcoming neighborhoods instead of connected cities. Um, under strong welcoming neighborhoods, we have 12 uh, strategies identified. Um, the other thing that I should have noted uh, previously that um, I will note now is you will um, see under the engaged and empowered teams um, that all of these strategies are collected um, on page 37 of the document under the citywide strategies, just so we didn't have the same strategies listed um, in each of the different outcome areas. So I just wanted to note that um, as we go through and go through this document. Uh, the next outcome area is safe and secure. Um, so this is um, another area where we did not have any changes to any of the progress indicators that uh, you all have seen previously. And as it relates to the strategies, um, there are 17 different strategies under this uh, particular outcome area. Um, so this is a, a really good example of a place where uh, we have one strategy with multiple uh, progress indicators um, identified that that particular strategy will, will help us to achieve. Prosperity and economic security um, is our fourth outcome area. Um, again, no notable changes here related to the progress indicators. And we have 12 different strategies identified um, under this particular um, outcome area. And then finally, uh, we'll move over to connected cities. Um, as we were going through, um, and I'll get into this in a little bit more detail, but collecting some of the data related to these different progress indicators, there were a couple um, kind of uh, grammatical and, and more semantic changes related to a couple of these. For example, um, we now under efficient and effective processes have the months per year, the city is in compliance with minimum water and wastewater discharge standards. Previously, we had days per year. Um, so just some of those things um, to help align some of these indicators with how we typically track some of that data. Um, so there are kind of a few of those small kind of semantic changes in this. Um, but one notable change that I want to highlight um, is uh, related to um, CC9 um, under sound fiscal stewardship. So the cost per passenger trip on Lawrence Transit. Uh, this is a new um, indicator uh, that was not included initially in um, the scorecard that you all received. Um, the item that was here in its place uh, was related to um, the implementation of a plan for the lowest cost of ownership, which is really reflected in kind of all of those sound fiscal stewardship measures. Um, so as we were uh, discussing that a little bit more, um, uh, that that change uh, was made to remove that metric um, and replace it with the cost per passenger trip on Lawrence Transit. So that was a notable change that I wanted just to highlight to you all um, and make sure that, that you all uh, were aware of that change. And then finally, uh, we have 13 strategies um, under this outcome area um, as well. I shouldn't say finally, there's one more section, uh, the citywide um, section. Um, there, as you'll recall, these are kind of um, those key indicators that really 
uh, flow through the entire plan and really impact each of those outcome areas. So instead of listing them separately um, in each come out in each outcome area, um, we've kind of pulled them all together here. Um, so with um, these strategies, uh, we have uh, 12 identified, and this is where you can really see all of those engaged and empowered teams um, strategies um, that were referred to earlier in the document. So I wanted to take um, a couple minutes here just to talk a little bit about um, some of the next steps related to uh, the strategic planning process. Obviously getting these strategies was um, a really big um, kind of a key element of this process to get to you all. And ultimately, um, moving forward, the work really continues um, to define the targets related to those different progress indicators um, and incorporate all of this information into our budgeting and decision-making processes. Um, so the fiscal year 2022 budget will really be the first um, opportunity for us to really operationalize the strategic plan and see it in action. Um, so getting um, going through that process uh, will be really important um, and using this as, as a lens for um, that, that budget um, and future uh, decision-making opportunities as well. Um, so those are, are two really critical next steps. And then obviously, um, as we get into this further, um, providing reports on the progress, uh, continuing the dialogue and discussion um, about the strategic plan, um, will also be ongoing um, and continue uh, in the future as we work on actually implementing this plan. So there are a few kind of key policy questions that we wanted to um, ask you all to really jumpstart the conversation and discussion here tonight. Um, first is uh, whether or not these strategies um, seem to take us where we wanna go. Um, it's, it's really important that we um, collectively feel really comfortable with those strategies. Um, and and uh, so we wanna have some conversation and discussion about that. The other thing that's really important to note is that um, our alignment to this will mean that we're focusing exclusively on this work in the future and moving forward. Um, so understanding that our alignment to the strategic plan uh, will really heavily influence um, what we are doing. Is there anything significant that, that you all see as missing in the plan? Um, and are there any additions, deletions, or modification to any of these strategies or measures that um, you all see as appropriate as, as we move forward? Um, so those are really the, the key policy questions we hope um, to hear from you all on here this evening. Um, with that, I would be happy to answer any questions. Um, that really concludes um, our presentation, and, and I really look forward to uh, the discussion um, from you all um, on this plan. Thank you, Danielle. Questions for Danielle? Uh, Mayor, um, I did notice, and I'm, I'm certain she's going to explain this clearly. I have a suspicion why, but under citywide, there's nothing under fiscal stewardship. I think I understand why, but could you maybe make that clear to everyone? Yeah, sure. Um, Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, there are a couple, I think under um, environmental sustainability as well, there are no citywide measures. Um, and that's really because um, when we were going through those progress indicators, 
all of the um, indicators that we had fit really well under one of those outcome areas. Um, so we didn't have any of those overarching performance um, indicators related to those two um, commitment areas. So I had a question. I have a question about um, the strategic plan. And is it my understanding that what we have been working on for the past, I don't know, a couple of years, year on this plan, that we, this plan is actually being used to form our budget this year? Is that correct, Craig? Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, this will be the first one where we really will ha start to really engage that alignment that that is so necessary and is what we've been working towards. Good. Now, to say that, it's a, a warning that this is a very big ship to turn, and uh, we will be working on alignment continuously and also expecting that we will evolve the plan as the community continues to move. But this is a new tool that we're working with. And uh, so I think what you'll see Thursday uh, in the proposed budget should start to really show the organization and alignment around these things. But we're also continuing to do a lot of the things that were traditionally done in our budget um, that are still well aligned but not as intentional and not as obviously um, put forward that way. Okay, thank you. How about with our CIP? Does our CIP, the work that was done, and we've seen that document for a few weeks now, does the CIP align with this plan? Same answer. It, it will. And uh, again, this is a five-year five plan that's already been put in place. We don't want to make big changes in where that is, but that alignment is part of our scoring matrix, and we probably will fine-tune that scoring matrix to be even more in alignment with the strategic plan. So those should absolutely be working in tandem and very complementarily. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions before we open it to public comment? Seeing none, we'd op open this to public comment. If any member of the public would like to speak on this item, and um, please raise your hand. And you can come forward. Hi. Uh, my name's Phil Engelhardt. Quick question. Uh, where are the opportunities for public input on this alignment strategic plan versus CIP? Public as in beyond elected officials, public as in the, as in the public, nameless, faceless public. That's, that's really my question. Okay. And, and how might I get that question addressed and answered? Okay, we'll go through public comment. We'll talk about it. Thank you. And seeing no other member of the public present, if any member on Zoom would like to make a comment, um, please raise your hand using the raise your hand function or turn your camera on and let Sherry know and she'll call upon you. <coughs> There's no public comment on this item, Mayor. Thank you, Sherry. Bring it back to the commission. Um, and I don't know if Danielle or Craig want uh, to address, I know we talked a little bit about the uh, what we've done in the past to get to this point, but as we go to the next steps and into the budget, how will the public be involved? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, 
first of all, I do want to review, we kind of glossed over it this time, and I know it's been 18 months, is actually more than that, uh, pre-pandemic that we conducted just a ton of, um, of public engagement through that process, and we, we did, we were, did benefit from um, 3,000 plus contacts with community members and really, really spent an intentional time listening. The listening process was key to building what you're seeing here, which will drive what we're trying to program, um, and it will continue to. But it's important, again, as I mentioned, that the feedback loop is, is active and is regular. So um, one of the things that's built into our framework is a commitment to community engagement which is listen, share, and engage with our community to drive action and build trust in city government. So that is something that we, that's a, a, an accountability measure that we built into this so that the way we conduct our business is going to always have that element in it. So that's at these city meetings, that's in budget meetings, um, and that's outside of those when we're engaging with the community on key decision processes so that we can really listen and reflect back the community's expectations of the work that we're doing, and we can make adjustments along the way. So that's a, a, just a way of doing business that we've committed ourselves to. And we're actually putting in process resources within the, the upcoming budget to try and do that in a better way. We've already begun that, but to try and start behaving differently as deep listeners and uh, that we will reflect back the community's expectations. That's going to take longer sometimes, but we believe that it'll be better and that's the commitment this framework uh, as adopted um, makes. Um, in addition, um, as more than just a legal requirement, every budget process builds in a lot of public engagement. And we will kick it off formally with um, uh, Thursday when we release my recommended budget to the city commission. That was already actually initiated with a check-in meeting that we had in May, which we did receive some public comments on. But we will continue to have those processes and we will have formal public hearings, which is a part of the, um, a part of the legal requirement but also something that we just believe in here and we've built a couple extra steps in to make sure that we've listened and can reflect those. Um, it, we want to do more than just what's in this, these rooms. This is an important part of the process, but listening in a, in a complex organization and a budget um, where citizens need to be able to access it and be able to engage other than just being an expert. I mean, we have some amazing people that work in this organization and have spent thousands and thousands of hours debating and discussing what boiled down to 100 or 130 um, st strategies. So behind every one of these was a lot of work from a very talented and dedicated staff, and that expertise should be reflected here. But it's also uh, started with the citizens and in the community. It absolutely includes the elected leadership here, and it'll always include include a process and many processes to engage the public. So hopefully that'll be very noticeable as we as we move forward in this year and in the following years. Thank you for that. Other comments? Well, I'm, I'm very impressed with the, the work of the strategies. I mean, obviously we've been talking about the progress indicators before and and uh, certainly appreciated getting into those. And now to see the next step, which is strategy, um, you know, again, some of these are broad, but, but they're important. And I think as people look at these, I mean, they make some strong commitments, um, you know, to, 
what we'll, what we're hoping to do and, and I look forward to a budget that that helps work on these but um, again when we look at these policy questions of um, pulling these up do these strategies take us where we want to go I mean, as I read through these strategies and those indicators I mean if we can you know accomplish those I think well I mean that's exactly what the point of the strategic plan is I'm very excited and I want to thank staff Craig Danielle and I know lots and lots of people who put a lot of effort into these um, to know that they're appreciated and, and I do think um, as a guiding principle I, principles I think they really do push us in the right direction so w as I look at these three questions and and I'll open it up to the rest of the commissioners here in a second I mean do these strategies seem to take us where we want to go um, you know certainly I, I do think they do and I appreciate the work and um, you know, obviously part of the budget, um, the fun part of the budget is, is going to be those that implement these and the unfund part of the budget will be things we might pull out of the budget to make it, make it balance. And, um, you know, I guess maybe we'll know, we'll hear from the public probably if there's something they think we're not funding anymore, we're not doing anymore, that's um, not aligned in this plan and we'll have, have the right to, to you know the time to hear about that so um but as i read it now i certainly don't think there's anything significant missing as i see it now but again we'll, we'll see how that plays out so um I'm, I'm very excited about where we're going and appreciate the work yeah, Mayor, i would say um in looking at these and looking at the questions that are kind of posed to us we as the commission really created an outline um that, that reflected our community's desires and certainly our desires as elected officials by our community um, to take us where we want to go. So we created that outline and um, really have handed that to staff because we trust them to do this work in um, barring glaring omissions. Part of what is so exciting about this is to see where this process takes us and letting it play out so that we can inevitably continue to improve that, improve that as, we, as we continue to improve our ability to create a strategic plan. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to kind of hold this question for our future selves um, and future strategic plans to see if we create those executive limitations for our staff to engage effectively. Um, so I think there are two levels to it. And I think that right now, as far as like additions, deletions, modifications, does it take us where we wanna go? Well, we're on the road. We'll see when we get there where we're headed. <laughs> so the, we started this, this iteration of our strategic plan in 2017. I believe Commissioner Nana might remember that because that was, that's when she first came on the commission and she was very um, excited and looking forward to this process of, of us redoing our strategic plan. So unfortunately it us four, has taken us four <laughs> years, but there's been a couple of bumps in there, um, not necessarily bumps, but just changes. One, we got a new city manager, which was a really positive point in this process. And then, then COVID hit and that really slowed things down. So we are here and I'm really glad that we've gotten to this point. You know, when we're asking the question, do these strategies take us to where we want to go? You know, my hope is, based on what I've seen, it has a great chance of doing that, but it's going to be up to every single one of us to make sure this happens. And we're going to have to keep asking this question every time we make a decision on spending money, on making changes in our organizations, and how we are committed to our community. And so we, this is a question we have to 
constantly answer and we have to constantly ask the community is this getting us where you want to go and so I'm looking forward to it I think we've got the, the framework for doing that and I think it's going to be a, a great path to follow in the next five years I guess you know we did the 2017 plan that Commissioner Larson was talking about and this frankly is head and shoulders above that I mean, this is a lot of work. You know, we had we had to start someplace, and that's what we did in 2017. And I'm very pleased with the work that's gone into this. I do think that we're going to find out whether this takes us where we want to go. At this point, I think it does. But you know, it's this continual um, hearing and and uh, amending. But you know, I I really appreciate this work. I really do. Um, yeah, we've. I think we've all been very excited about um, seeing this before us. Um, I. Another thing I think that's really important is that we. You know, we'll still have flexibility, um, if nothing else, through public comment and um, public engagement. Um, so I, I. I don't. I don't want the public to feel that something that falls through the cracks won't be found and adjustments won't be made. Um, I, I, I'm sure we can imagine a couple just off the top of our head things that might fall through and, and asking ourselves how are we gonna how are we gonna address that. Um, this gives us plenty of latitude to do that but and I, I want to uh, I appreciate Commissioner Larson saying this. This holds our feet to the fire. This gives us accountability. Um, not just for whatever political whims we might be um, held under, but this this is the thing that we show the community that we're dedicated to, and they can always show us, hey, are you are you are you are you dedicated to strong and welcoming neighborhoods with this item? Are you um, are you dedicated to efficient and effective processes with um, this project? Um, and we need that. Um, so that that's really what I um, what I love and appreciate about this and it's very important also that this did come through community engagement um, a, a considerable amount of it the, the kind that we are all really proud of here in Lawrence is the, the kind of comments public comment and um, uh, participation that we expect from um, our citizens so um, that's certainly what I'm most proud of and I've said this before, but kind of summarizing a couple of these points, you know, when I think about strategic plans, I sometimes think about, you know, nice little plans that you put on the wall and people look at occasionally. Um, and then, but I've been involved in organizations and, and certainly seen strategic plans that really fundamentally change how an organization operates. And, you know, I, I see this as, um, you know, with Craig's support, um, you know, direction, you know, to Craig, through Craig, to our employees to say this is how we want to operate. And, and I think it, um, you know, we, I think as Jennifer said, you know, we support our, our, our staff to do this. And that's, that's Craig um, all the way down to the, the person on the street who's doing um, their job every day, all our employees. And so I also appreciate how this, um, you know, gives direction not only to um, the big level and to the public, but also I think it's really um, 
you know, empowering to staff, or at least I hope they find it that way, to, you know, be able to make progress. And, um, you know, certainly some of these strategies, both the citywide and others, I, I hope helps give direction, and, and I look forward to, you know, where this takes us in the future. So I, I really appreciate the work of Craig and Danielle and all the staff up and down the organization, and, and I'm, I'm very excited about this. Although, again, this is another receive. We don't even have to take another vote. I don't think they trusted us with votes tonight, <laughs> you know, that we might mess it up. So we just get receive. Other comments? I don't want to cut us off here. This is really a big, a big moment, and we've had a couple of those as we've gone through the first iteration, through the indicators, now the strategies. These are, these are all, all exciting times, and, and certainly when we see the budget, that'll be another exciting time to, to move this forward. But. Uh, Mayor, uh, I'm curious um, for the city manager, was there anything here this evening you thought um, we may say or change that would have affected uh, what we're all waiting for with bated breath next week? <laughs> do, you, do you have everything you need? This week. This week, sorry. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that question. It, it, uh, you know, I, I think there aren't any wrong answers still at, right at this stage, you know, and um, the budget programming for all the work that we've done on the strategic plan, putting operationalizing the with the budget is really challenging. And I think you'll get a sense of that with as we go through the detail of what we've tried to put together and uh, outline some of the things that try to reflect the prioritization we sensed here. And then, you know, we're just going to have to do the work to make it right. And make it as good as it can be uh, this year and then we'll look towards next year and the year after and really get these things uh, solidified and I think you know I I say create the flywheel uh, so there isn't anything in particular tonight that you you would have said to really throw us off because I know fundamentally how deeply you believe in what you've constructed here uh, to these to these foundational points I don't think we got we were that far off but as we get into it, there will be pieces that we've struggled with when we're trying to, you know, put the budget together. Like, well, I'm not sure I saw that. That's a really important thing that we do, but I'm not sure we saw how that's reflected in our scorecard conditions. So um, I think you'll, as we work with this tool together, we'll ha we'll all experience some of that, and um, we'll just need to be um, ready to, um, you know, pivot and make some adjustments as we go along. And use that tool. Thank you for that. Okay, seeing nothing on that, we'll move to commission items. I have um, one thing I want to want to bring up. And a couple of weeks ago, I think it was one or two weeks ago, the the county commission took up the fire and med agreement. They had a discussion on that, and they actually eventually approved it. I just want to um, say thank you to our county commissioners as well as Sarah Polinski for all the work that they put into it, as well as our staff. This was the first agreement we've um, reworked since we've um, decided to to essentially go through our entire list of agreements and renegotiate them and make make sure they're all up to date but this fire med one was a big one um, it um, was a long-standing agreement I believe from 1986 or 96 I can't remember which year which decade it was but um, there were significant changes made um, and just the level of collaboration that it took was just just significant and one of the themes I heard when I was listening to the County Commission meeting was the idea that the collaboration and how important it was but also how difficult it was but I think it's a great first step in what we 
what the county and us can do together, how we can partner together and, and make things happen for our community. And so I really appreciate their work on it, our work on it, and the fact that we have gotten a great new start into working with our county. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to uh, echo that and express my gratitude to the county commission for the action that they took. Um, I believe it was Commissioner Kelly who said that this is huge progress. I completely agree with Commissioner Kelly. I had one item. Um, I wanted to check in with Brandon. We had mentioned a few weeks ago some items that would come back to us more quickly uh, regarding the CityGate report, and I wanted to see if there were any thoughts on when the commission could expect that back. Hi, this is Brandon McGuire, Assistant City Manager. Um, thanks for the question, Commissioner Ananda. I think uh, we, we're optimistic we can have a report back to you on uh, those items along with what we plan on uh, presenting on August 3rd. I think it is the first, first meeting in August, uh, which is our response for implementation planning for um, the police study. And so we would uh, we're hopeful to have both of those items back to the commission on that meeting uh, to work through both of those. Okay, thank you. I had uh, one item. We got a request from uh, Live Well um, and the Woke Group on tobacco free and, and um, vaping. I think they had hoped maybe the legislature would do something on that, but um, without that, they'd they'd like to um bring forward a you know some suggestions on tobacco 21 and and uh vaping in our community and um i'd like to see that at least you know hear what they're proposing at some point in a future agenda i know we have a bunch of budgets and stuff coming up so i think we want to do it after that but i'd be interested at least if others all in hearing what they have to propose and considering that you know i'm interested in hearing it yeah, thanks for bringing it up, Mayor, because I know they've talked to me about it past, and um, I think this would be a good time to add that to the to our future agenda items. So I'm very interested in learning more about it. And I'm I'm flexible on when we do that. I know we have a few big things coming. Um, I heard past budget. Craig <laughs> <laughs> heard past budget for September, good reason. But September we should be in good shape to do that. We'll schedule it. Okay. Thank you. Other commission items? Um, I did just want to maybe follow up on the item Citizen Flowers brought up, which might, may or may not be involved with what you've just discussed with Brandon, um, Commissioner Ananda. I just want to make sure someone does a follow-up on, on that, um, if there's some inconsistency in the way that, that we've directed one of our boards. Um, I, I just want to follow up on that, make sure that um, we're clear on what happened. Is that something that Brian could include in that? We just add it to his list. Yeah, actually, um, by next meeting, you would have seen us scheduling agenda items for the uh, decriminalization conversation. I think that was, is, is, we're talking about the same thing. These are a list of some of the ordinances that we could. Staff has been working on that and actually has uh, presented me with uh, a few suggestions that we're going to put forward. Now, that may need some committee work or assignment work uh, that we can do, but that will be scheduled for the... I think sometime in the next couple of meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Any other commission items? 
see none, the city manager report. Thank you, Mayor. Um, well, first I want to recognize the, all the work that went into preparing for this meeting. Um, Porter and his team, the people that are here working at Kurt, Sherry, um, they're, everybody, um, Shelby Patch, uh, our risk manager, who has had uh, just a monstrous uh, year and a half, um, everybody that went into trying to get this back and that has kept us going through this pandemic. Now many of us are live and we're welcoming um, uh, the digital and the hybrid, and I, I feel like with a couple of hitches, we've uh, done a good job. So I just want to thank them, recognize all the hard work uh, that went on in that. We'll make adjustments and get even better next time. Um, the two items I'd like to highlight on the city manager's report on there, first the utility assistance program. I know what an important priority this has been to the city commission and um, we're really excited to have it put in place. Um, Catholic Charities is our, um, is our um, group by contract that will be administering this program and we outlined some of the criteria that they'll be using to administer these really important dollars to provide aid and assistance to um, community members uh, during this time. Uh, the, the other item was, um, I, you know, a very exciting triple crown, they call it, uh, here for the uh, Government Finance Officers Association. And we've now received all three of their major awards with the popular annual financial report being recognized now. Um, so those are, those are th any one of them is not um, something that we can take for granted, even though we've, um, we've been receiving those for 29 years, 17 years, uh, respectively, or 18 years, respectively. It is a, um, a great achievement, and it's uh, rigorous standards that are assessed by outside eyes uh, and, and national experts on how we're reporting and, and engaging with our community and how we're reporting our financial conditions, which is, um, is uh, perhaps the most important one uh, in most people's uh, scorebooks. So it's really important that we add our third. And the popular annual financial report recognition is something that I'm, I'm really glad that the Government Finance Officers Association added about three or four years ago, maybe it was a little more than that. But they said, you know, we need to, we need to have this, uh, some, some mechanism to report um, financial conditions to uh, people that aren't accountants and uh, make it very um, consumable to the general population. And it's such a great uh, move that they did that and they established criteria so not just anybody can get this and I was very excited that we did the work and uh, were recognized to receive that award. So now we have all three of the major awards by GFOA that we received and um, took a lot of work and I wanted to recognize that. The rest are items that, uh, oh, I, I should not gloss over the June sales tax report. <laughs> Obviously, we got some really, really great news. Um, we're not banking on it um, but uh, as, as a continuing trend, but it is something that we, we like seeing better than the other trends, and uh, we will continue to be monitoring that closely. And, um, you know, the underside of that, the, the indicator of that is, is not just great news for us as an organization that provides essential services and me going into the budget um, and trying to figure those things out. But it's an indicator that our businesses who've had terrible years are doing better again and that people are out um, uh, spending money and uh, living their lives. And I think it's a, that's, a, that's an also a really important thing that we don't um, gloss over either. That'll happy to answer any questions. I had a question, Craig. Um, on the... Um 
qualification terms for the utility assistance. One of the requirements is a photo ID for the person listed on the bill and that they must live in the home. I didn't know how that would impact folks for whom um, their rental agency or the owner of the home uh, that they rent may have that utility in their name, but they are responsible for paying that. Would, would those folks then not be qualified to receive that assistance? That is not a question I'm going to be able to do, but I, I, was, I bought time enough for Jeremy to pop. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I didn't give you any um, notice that I had that we're question. Ready, we're ready for it. Jeremy Wilmoth, Finance Director. I, I'm sorry, Commissioner Ananda, could you repeat yourself? It cut out just a little bit as you were uh, discussing your question. Absolutely. So the question that I have is that the second documentation required for the utility assistance is a photo ID for the person listed on the bill and that they must live in the home. I know that there are situations in which renters are um, responsible for paying that bill, but it is under the owner's name. And I'm wondering if then they would not be eligible to receive that assistance if that's their circumstance. Jeremy, well, with finance director, so you're saying that there's uh, instances where the meter is in the name of the landlord, but it's a condition of the rent? The landlord or the owner of the property, yes. I don't know how, um, how, how many homes have that situation or that scenario, but I know that there are some. That, that's not a situation that I'm familiar with, so I'm going to have to uh, research that and we'll get back with you. Okay. The the other thing I'll, I'll say is, uh, to the extent that that is something that happens, uh, you know, part of the reason we engaged an outside agency that does this regularly is I'm sure that they've encountered these kinds of unforeseen things, and I would hope and expect that our um, that their ability to, you know. Re execute the intent of what we're trying to do, especially in these unusual circumstances, would be honored. Okay, so in, thanks. In general, as we research the, the detail. Yeah, just so you know, I, the rental properties I have, that's the way it is. It's under my name, but the renters pay it. So it's not, it's, I think it's somewhat common. Okay. It, was, it was the case when I lived up on the hill in a house that was divided into apartments yeah. as well. Yes, and, and it, to the degree that there's uh, that we need to make modifications to our agreement uh, to make that happen and that intent, we obviously would. Thanks. Other questions about the city manager's report? I like all the good news. Great news. Appreciate that, and and certainly wanted to thank staff on, on the Triple Crown. That's that's impressive, and and, and appreciate it. So. Keep up the good work there. This is a public um, public comment item. So if any member of the public would like to speak on one of those six items, if you're present, you can raise your hand. Seeing none, if anyone on Zoom would like to make a comment on one of those six items, you can um, raise your hand using the raise your hand feature or let Sherry know and she'll call upon you. Chad Osdale. Hello, my name is Chad Osdale. I'm in MSO. 
I was just wanting to comment on future agenda items and ask that uh, there be some consideration given to the uh, essential workers that have been working throughout this whole year. Uh, and it would be nice if we got something for a merit raise this year and that you uh, allow us to have the two and a half percent general wage adjustment that we are supposed to receive this year and don't cut it like we had to do last year and like I say these are all questions I've asked before but I was just hoping for some kind of consideration for us thank you very much Mayor, there's no other public comment on this item. Okay, I'll um, thank you for the city manager's report, and we'll look at the calendar. Definitely look at the calendar. You can see that business is opening back up, the ribbon cutting. So <laughs> we went from zero, zero, zero to now. We'll, looks like we have uh, nine ribbon cuttings in July. So that's exciting to see and exciting to see businesses opening up and, and expanding and changing locations, all those exciting things. So I'm excited. I know we all look forward to those and there's some, some great ones coming up. I assume our August 31st meeting will be added after this meeting. Yes, we'll get that added. That's a good one. Any other comments on the agenda? I mean, on the calendar, excuse me. Okay. Seeing none, I would look to motion to adjourn. Move to adjourn. Second. A motion by Commissioner Hernandez, second by Commissioner Lawson. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes five to zero. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.